0: Hate fever
1: 25 stories that made MLS season 2, I'm Neetal Raman And I'm Toodle Raman And uh, it's, it's hard finding clips where uh, the commentator is not saying the name of the player with the ball So, just like last time, guess who this one's about? Number
0: 2, coming in number 2 into our Hall of Fame, Jaime Moreno Man, can I just tell you before we start here, I hated this guy
1: uh, can League. I say something before you say that? Yeah. Get well soon, man. Ah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> on a serious
0: note, before we, uh, yeah. we'll put a link in here uh, to his GoFundMe. Um, he was involved in a serious golfing accident, like, um, might lose his eye. I, we don't know. We don't know. Um, we donated it to his uh, GoFundMe, so uh, we'll post it on here. Um, we got to support one of MLS's great.
1: But as a player on the field, being fans of a particular team.
0: Uh, yeah, as as you guys know, I'm a, I'm a Red Bulls slash Metro Stars fan, and this guy tormented and At the time, us. so was
1: I. <laughs> yeah,
0: back before uh, Nito like uh, changed Allegesis to a uh, a front running team. Um, Fine. Yeah, the this guy tormented Jaime Moreno tormented our franchise. So yeah. yeah. Um, but he tormented our franchise because he was so good. I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah. Like, and that's what, there's a reason why he's the number two
1: person on our list, um, who gets in uh, to our Hall of Fame. I mean, he's also the first one to set a goal record at over a hundred, right? Um. No. No, he's not. He's not. No. no. No.
0: No. 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 He's not. Do we have
1: to save that for another episode? Yes. Okay. He's so not. he's not. But no. he is
0: part of the hundred goal club. He is part of the. Hard- so let's talk about his qualifications. Why stats,
1: stats, <laughs> stats.
0: I like that. Yeah. Let's call it the stats, stats, stats section. All right. Um, he is, has 133 goals. At one time, he he did hold the record for most goals, mm-hmm. um, in MLS history. He has 102 assists. Um, he's actually the first person in the 100-100 club. Ah,
1: that's what I was thinking. 100-100 club.
0: Yeah. Um, the second one being Landon Donovan, who who we did in um. Uh, he, we did the first episode on, right? Yeah. Um, the dude, dude's story is about longevity. So he's one of two players um, in league uh, that played in the first 15 seasons of MLS, right? So he he's just been in the league for a really long time. Um, while he's been in the league, he's, he's a winner. So he has 12 trophies to his name, um, mm. four MLS Cups, four Supporter Shields, two U.S. Opens, one CONCACAF Cup, and one Inter-American Cup. Um, and, and during his time here, outside of uh, a certain period in his career, which we'll talk about, he's been, he's been one of the best players uh, consistently. Um, he's won MLS Golden Boot once. He's been MLS Best 11 four times. Um, that's uh, tied for third most in league history. And, um, and he's come really close to winning MVP, so he's been an MVP finalist twice. And he's always there helping other people getting MVPs themselves. So like, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, all-time great. That's why he's the second person in in our book. Yeah. So, well, my first question was, what was that last cup you mentioned? Inter-American Cup. What is that? And why do I consider it a major cup? That was, um, it happened one time, I think. Um, it was between the winners of CONCACAF Winners versus Bowl winners. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, it obviously was replaced with, uh, what is it called? The one where all the federation winners go to. Confederations Cup? No. What is it called? <laughs> the the Club World Cup. Ah, uh, the Club it's World Cup. Where yeah. like, you know, the winners of the Champions League. But wins. regardless,
1: he was rep- representing MLS. Yeah. Okay. And
0: uh, and they ended up uh, winning, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um. So one time, one time only, but I consider it a, a major cup. Okay. Cool? All right. All right, so the story of Jaime Moreno. Um, Needless to say, the dude is a a very, very good player, and obviously anyone at that level is a very good player their entire career. Um, But his story starts in in Bolivia, so he's Bolivian, um, in the famous Tahuichi Academy in Santa Cruz. Um, But unlike most, I think, of the people that we're going to talk about, at a young age, he's not the best in his academy, um, and that, that's going to be a story that follows him around a little bit. Um, the best in, in that academy and um, school is a guy who's a few years older by the name of Marco Echeverri. Oh. Yeah. So Marco Another and, all-time great. and Jaime Moreno actually went to the same kind of academy in Bolivia. It's a sports academy. I'm assuming
1: there. Echeverri's older.
0: Yeah, a few yeah. years older, right?
1: But, but Jaime Moreno is
0: good, really good. And he's so good that he ends up uh, joining the professional ranks in Bolivia. And he gets called up as a teenager um, to the national team, eventually being the youngest Bolivian player in the 1994 World Cup, which was here in the U.S., right? Right, right. Um, now, we might not think about this now, but, uh, because Bolivia is, is seen as one of the smaller teams in South America. Yes, but back then they're they're really a pretty decent team, right? So they obviously qualify for the World Cup in '94, and three years later in Copa America, they actually are, are finalists, right? Eventually losing to Brazil. So like, it's a pretty good Bolivian squad. Yeah, they've caused then.
1: some upsets back in the day,
0: and 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 they're famous for causing upsets at home because of their uh, altitude. Altitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's he's the youngest player in the in the World Cup squad, and that gets eyes in Europe. And he signs for Middlesbrough, in England. Really,
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. So, and Middlesbrough then is in the first division. What they call the first division, we call that what we call that today is the championships, mm-hmm. the second level. Um, I guess that's kind of. Um, I'm glad they made that change, calling it the first division, but it's the second level. Is kind of a weird, weird name. But yeah. Um, and and in in Europe, Moreno kind of struggles, right? And and there's going to be some similarities between him and LD here, Landon. Yeah, In that he's abroad, he's in a foreign country, foreign language, foreign culture, he's homesick, right? He's like a 20 year old, he's homesick. And um, and another thing, especially in the beginning of his career career that um, Jaime Moreno talks about later on, is that his work ethic isn't up to par, really. Like, you know, he's naturally talented, Mm -hmm. But like the amount of work he puts into it might not be as much as you would expect other people to put in at that level, right? Um, Needless to say, he he doesn't show up in that many games, um, but Middlesbrough is quite good and they end up winning the first division. Part of winning the first division is then getting um, promoted to the Premier League. Mm -hmm. And so Moreno, um, when making appearances in the second season, is actually the first Bolivian ever to play in the Premier League. It's pretty cool.
1: That is pretty cool. Um, just curious, how old is Jaime Moreno? Um, today or yeah, today. I don't know, like mid to late forties. Okay, so he's he's older than Landon. Oh, he's sure. he's older, but and um, than Landon by like ten years, I think. I don't know. I only bring it up because, like you said, there's similarities between those two stories, mm-hmm. and um, I won't go too deep into it. Maybe check it out if you haven't already but there's a book called soccernomics right great book and there's a a chapter alone i think just on um player acclimation when they move abroad and it didn't it wasn't seen as a major thing until like maybe the early 2000s i it,
0: not only until the major early 2000s which some clubs definitely definitely take it much more seriously now um it's still i think under underutilized and right like, because uh, yeah, I, I mean, always
1: wonder, like, who pays for like courses for them to learn languages and all that? And
0: clubs are playing a lot more, but I mean, people are human beings, right? Like, right. People get homesick when you move within a country to another city. Like, uh, going to a complete foreign country, not a knowing new state anyone here. Yeah. At eighteen, nineteen, twenty, like Landon went over at, at um, sixteen, seventeen, um, and uh, Jaime Moreno went over at twenty. I mean, you're, like, think about anyone in their in that time period going to a foreign country and not knowing anyone in an environment also this is like
1: pre-internet too i i I would assume that has a lot to do with like being able to like communicate back home and all that i don't know i only bring it up because it seems like the older guys Mm -hmm. have that homesick story more so than you guys
0: True.
1: True, true true yeah yeah that's a good point anyway
0: so um Moreno isn't getting a lot of opportunities in club, but he's getting called into the Bolivian national team, which, again, is a good team, right? And, and after the World Cup, he uh, comes in 96 to play a friendly against the U.S. in RFK in D.C., mm-hmm. and he dominates. I mean, um, he was running circles around the U.S. defenders, um, including Jeff Agus, um, including in the stands a guy named Bruce Arena, Who's watching the game? <laughs> yeah, um, Bolivia ends up winning two 0 and and uh, Jaime Moreno scores a goal, right? And um, his talent is is un, undoubtable, right? And and but he's not getting much playing time in Middlesbrough, and so Kevin Payne, the GM of um, of DC United, and and if you, if you listen to the first season, you'll know that Kevin Payne is one of the architects of the league. And not only is he one of the architects, he's one of the few architects that's actually a soccer guy. Right. And so, like, he knows soccer. Um, and uh, and so he was like, let's hop onto it and, and get this guy in, right? And, and, um, and they've already signed Marco Echeverry, right? And they've, they've started mm-hmm. playing the season a little bit. So they, the selling point to Moreno is like, hey, come come play in a league, just started new. Um, it's still not home, but it's going to be much closer to home than than the UK is. And Etcheverry. Yeah, from location and cultural fit standpoint, I mean, the DC United team had a lot of uh, not Bolivian players like Marco Etcheverry and Latin players like Raúl Díaz Arce, for example, right? Yeah. So, so he comes over in the middle of the season, and he's he's immediately really good, right? Um, he uh, scores three goals and three assists in about 700 minutes. It's great returns. Um, he's in a goal in the U.S. Cup Open Cup Final. Um, and the team's captain was uh, John Harkes. Jeff Agus is on mm-hmm, that squad, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the soul of that team is, is Marco Echeverry. They end up um, winning MLS Cup, right? Right. And uh, if you listen to the Bruce Arena episode, um, you'll know that this is the kind of the first kind of um, – Mega mega club in MLS history is DC Definitely. United, right? Yeah, and he's and, been
1: there for every every cup victory, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And Moreno's been in there for every every single one. So the next year in 1997, Moreno's first full year with the team fully blossoms, right? He wins Golden Boot, which means he scored the most goals in the league, um, and he still did it missing ten games due Whoa. to national team commitments. Dude, what was his final tally? 16, um, 16 goals. And uh, eight assists, right? Yeah. In 1,700 minutes. So that's a 1.25 goals plus assists per per 90 minutes. That's, again, up there with anyone in league history, uh, more or less. Um, And, you know, missing 10 games and winning Golden Boot means, like, you had a really special year. Uh, And he left for the Copa America, which Bolivia did really, really well in, right? Mm -hmm. That we just talked about. Um, He led the squad to their first supporters club. Another MLS Cup, um, where he scores in an MLS Cup, and then his first MLS Best Eleven, and then top it all off after the season, he actually goes back to Middlesbrough for a loan, much like Landon Donovan does. Ah, um, how did that go? And a little, much better. Like I think it was at least if you look at the stats, and there's a few articles written about Moreno's return and how much better it was. Um, I'm sure it provided a little bit of closure on the European chapter there. Mm-hmm. To be like, all right, yeah, I could, I can compete at this level, right? And yeah. so, um, so that that's uh, it's a like he's showcasing his ability and in, in early press MLS, like you know, he's one of the best players already, right? 1998, it's um, basically Moreno's best season if you look at just from a pure stat standpoint, right? Um, again, he drops another 16 goals. He's um, barely called into the national team, which means he got to play more games. So he has 16 goals and 11 assists. This is the first, let's call it a double-double year. Yeah. 10 goals, 10 assists at least, um, which will have many more in the future. Um, but he's not seen, even though statistically it's his best year, um, at least from a total number standpoint, he's seen as not the best player in the league or even the best player on the team. That's Marco Echeverri, who wins MVP because he drops ten goals and nineteen assists, right? Um, and DC, even though like they didn't win um, MLS uh, Cup or the Supporters Shield that year, every a lot of people, including Bruce Arena, considered that ninety eight DC team to the best team of that era. Um, yeah, and that's because they won um, Concacaf Champions Cup. So think about like how hard Champions League is to win now. They won that. Now, albeit a little bit different back then, it was all held in D.C., right? So they played home games. Home, home there was no group stage, yeah. right? It was a one-game one, one game knockout. So they won three games at home. Um, but there were two League MX side they beat. So Nothing to sneeze at. And because they won that CONCACAF Champions Cup, they actually um, went to... Pl- face uh, the, the winners of uh, Copa Libertadores and Camo Bowl, mm-hmm. And that was a team uh, in Brazil, Vasco da Gama. And that team was stacked, right? There's at least 10 Brazilian national team players on that team. And they end up winning that series in two legs. Whoa. Um, which, which showcases that team's quality, right? Again, caveat, two legs. Both were in the U.S. First one was in D.C. The second one was in Miami. So... Right, Not a full right, right, two-leg right, right. one, but, like, you know, yeah. still, like, a really, really high bar. And, and, and it's still
1: impressive because it's so early in the history of MLS. Like, it's so – it was such a long time ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really, um, really impressive to think about how good that team was right away, right? The league just started, and, you know, they're making a lot of waves. Waves that, honestly, if it happened to an MLS team right now – if they beat a, the winner of Copa Libertadores in any series, mm. that would be big news, right? And yeah. so just showcases the high, the high quality of that team. So after 98, Bruce Arena, who's, who's managed that team, he leaves D.C. United to manage the U.S. soccer team, right? Because uh, in 90, 1998 World Cup was such a disaster for the U.S. Right. And um, his replacement is Thomas Rongan. Who uh, who managed kind of uh, the Tampa Bay mutiny um, beforehand and um, and they basically keep the same core and they run it back they win they win MLS Cup uh, third time in four years the second supporter Shield um, Moreno had his second double double so ten goals thirteen assists he's best eleven and he's a MVP finalist with Atraveri as well right again every like it's all set up to say like this guy this team is going to be an all time it's already an all-time team. Winning three MLS cups in four years is pretty impressive, but it's gonna. It feels like it's gonna be set up like as it's this like is a, like.
1: It could, like the revolution could have been that too. Yeah, and like,
0: true. And um, it, it felt like DC United was really going to be like the Manchester United, right? It's like always going to be a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the story starts to fall apart for DC United. Um, and and amazingly, they don't make the playoffs for four years after that. Whoa! Right, they go from. The best team to not making the playoffs. What happened? Like, one, Thomas Rangan, um, Thomas Rangan is like uh, is, a, is a good coach. I mean, he has some track record. Um, but he's definitely not a Bruce Arena, right? So like, I think the 99 championship is basically the remnants of that team. Two is you start seeing a downturn production, right? So Jaime Moreno's production starts to drop. He's doing 12 goals and 7 assists in 2000 versus, like, double, 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 double. Mm-hmm. Marco Etcheverry's numbers start, start to drop. And I think, you know, fundamentally, this is where his work ethic starts to show up, right? And, and it starts to show up in him slowing down and specifically injuries showing up, right? So, like, in 2000, um, in 2001, Rangan gets fired. Um, Moreno's fighting off injuries. The Bolivian national team just stops calling. Like, he has his worst year. He's like nine goals, six assists. Like, it, it, it gets to the point in 2002 where it fully falls apart. Like, the team is super bad. He's always injured. And if you think about it, like, the, the league is a salary cap league, and Moreno is one of the highest paid players. Right. And so, and the production is gone. He got three goals and four assists in eleven hundred minutes in two thousand two. And the new coach they brought in, Ray Hudson. I don't know if you ever see uh like um that uh English guy on like gold TV that would just like go bananas. Yeah. That's Ray Hudson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
0: just like saying the craziest things, like kicking in <laughs> the old onion bag, like stuff like that. Um and so Ray Hudson and Moreno are having conflict. And so like from as crazy as it sounds, it's like it's not like they, they have lost any main players. It's just like the players they have are either getting injured or they're not performing as well. And, and like I said, Moreno's is, is a lot of it is, is his own doing and that his
1: work and ethic what, is. What year the, are we in by now? two thousand two. Okay. Right. All right. But they're not very far away from Returning. A, return like they're not far away from a do years.
0: Yeah, they're pretty close. So, but like this is two thousand two. This is two years before Freddie Adu. They yeah. don't know that right. Freddie Adu's twelve years old at this point. <laughs> like, um, but uh, DC is like, hey, we have a lot of salary cap held into Jaime Moreno. I mean, we don't know exactly how much he's making because it's hard to find um, numbers from back then. But it's somewhere in the three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars range, and the salary cap is probably two million dollars. So like a sh- A significant portion of the budget is allocated right right, into Jaime Moreno and he still has a big name he's still like everyone is in the league like you know as soon as he gets over these injuries he'll be fine and so they trade him to the Metro Stars for Mike Pecky these are two rivals that just traded they're like talisman players to each other like I can't think of any other that's such a weird trade
1: It's such a crazy trade. It's so weird. Right? And it's so weird that I don't really remember it. I mean, it's pretty
0: early on from when we started watching MLS.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that's something that you would remember.
0: Yeah, I mean, I barely remember if I'm being honest. Okay. Yeah. It might be like the lack of production. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember Moreno. Sorry. I don't remember the trade that much. I remember the trade back, which we'll talk about. Okay, all right. Because Moreno comes, joins the Metro Stars, and he only plays 500 minutes because he's injured all the time. His his back is a a big issue, right? His back needs surgery. It's like it's potentially career-ending surgery for herniated discs. Mm -hmm. There is a different timeline. This is the end of Jaime Moreno's career. Right. And we remember him as like, oh, that guy was really good for three years or four years. Right. For that, um, for that DC United team. And if that's the case, he doesn't make this list. Mm -hmm. Right. We remember him for like having four really good years, but but he doesn't make this list. Um, But after that, you know, he talks about in some of the interviews about how he's like, he got serious about his work ethic, he got serious about getting his body in shape and like, and um you know diet things like that right but no doubt he lost a step and this is the Jaime Moreno I do remember he gets traded back the following year this is 2004 okay this is now Freddie Adu's first year mm-hmm. this is a brand new team there's like the only player that is the same um that's from the first era is uh, Ben Olsen
1: yeah OG. everyone else is OG. different yeah
0: Ryan Nelson Brian Carroll, Dima Kovalenko. Oh, Kovalenko. Aleko Escudarian. Yeah. Freddie Adu. Jaime Moreno. And this is the Jaime Moreno that I, I know really well and that he's never Same. the fastest. Mm-hmm. He's not even close to the He looks like he's moving in slow motion. <laughs> but the ball is the most comfortable in his feet. He seems faster with the ball than without it. which is true. weird. True, true. You can't get it off of him. And then, like, sometimes he just passes it into the net and he he's always picking the right passes yeah. right he makes everyone around him better and this is a, and in the middle of that season they pick up Christian Gomez do you remember him yeah of course yeah like from Argentina and like and that catapults them into the playoffs and eventually they make a run and they win another MLS cup moreno i mean like again this is about after 3 years of injuries and barely making a dent he comes back with 7 goals and 14 assists like a really good year um, best 11, he's a finalist for the MVP. Um, the MVP ends up going to Amado Guevara. Um, oh, that's my boy. And, uh, and at Love the time, him, at the time, it was like completely the right decision. Looking back at it, Jaime Moreno was the
1: MVP. Like, Oh, that's a big admission. Yeah, man. but
0: Am- Am- Amado Guevara had a 10-goal, 10 10-assist 10 season. I mean, that's like a... It's an okay season. That's like a good season for Jaime Moreno. I mean, and and the Metro Stars were good that year, but like DC United or MLS Cup, the main difference was Moreno returning and playing out of his goal. Like, mm. and um, so he missed, out, he missed out on MVP that year. I think probably should have won it that year, right? Goes into 2005. The form continues, right? He drops 16 goals, 7 assists. Um, the one thing that you can hold against his goal numbers is that a lot of them are from the penalty kick. Yeah.
1: Spot. That's um, true. Uh,
0: similar to Landon. Yeah. Actually. People say
1: the same thing about Landon, but if you actually take a step back, it's really not that many penalty kicks. For Landon. For Landon. Yeah. yeah. But
0: um, but for this year in two thousand five, I mean, sixteen goals, nine of them were penalty kicks. I mean, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's more than half.
0: Seven assists. He's MLS best eleven again and he's a mvp uh, mvp finalist this time losing to Taylor Twelman, who actually i think scored 20 goals that year so like fair play right like right. um and christian gomez the partnership between him and christian gomez is like in full swing christian gomez had 11 goal 10 assists this year and if you think about the first era the the offense the engine of that is a pure playmaker and marco echaberry mm-hmm Uh, Jaime Moreno playing the second forward, who can score goals or pass the ball. He's good at both. Uh, And then a a really good striker. Right, so Raul Diaz, Arce, or Roy Lassiter in the beginning. Right. In this new version of DC United, I think Christian Gomez is almost like that partnership he had with Marco Echeverry. Now, Gomez is much more of a goal scorer, Mm -hmm. less of a creator. But the same like attacking midfielder, second striker, interplay... Was in full swing, and that's like very familiar from the first uh, from the first season. Um, in and it continues right. 2006, uh, 11, t- 11 goals, ten assists. Again, another double double year. DC United wins Supporters Shield is the best team in the regular season, um, and he plays support to Christian Gomez, who now wins MVP. Fourteen goals, eleven assists. It just seems like everybody around him wins MVPs. Yeah, and. Um, in 2007, the following year, um, he has limited minutes. He gets actually recalled to the Bolivian national team for the first time in seven years. That's how good his form is. Wow. And he's in his 30s at this point, right? He's um, and he's he's 33. He's playing in Copa America for his, uh, Bolivian national team. Now, he has seven goals and six assists because he missed so much time for national team stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Again, T C United is really good. They win supporter shield again. That's um, first one back to back ever, right? And if you think about even now how hard it is to win back to back supporter shields, pretty impressive. And he in that year he passes Jason Christ as the all time goal leader. So you said um, is he the first person to reach hundred goals? The answer is no, Jason Kreis was the first one.
1: Ah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So him and Gomez are now full partnership, but they, in 2007 they signed a guy from Brazil, Luciano Emilio. Yep. And he plays that Roy Lassiter, Raul Diaz Arce role, yeah. pure striker, and he wins MVP with 20 goals, right? And so this is now like the return of that, trium- that triangle in, in offense, and you're right, man. Everyone around Jaime Reno wins MVP, yeah. I think I think it says a lot about him as a player. It's like
1: that know? that ten shirt, nine shirt, seventeen. Yeah. Kind of combo.
0: Yeah, exactly. And 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 I mean, he's like a major teammate to three MVP players, and he should have won MVP once himself. Like it's it's a pretty pretty impressive feat. Two thousand eight. Now here's the weird thing. You have you finally get this triangle, like triangle, full triangle, which mm-hmm. is like. Emilio, who seems like a he's, he just won MVP. Christian Gomez won MVP two years ago. Jaime Moreno, all-time player. Jaime Moreno is turning 34. You probably have, what, one or two more years of like really good production. If you're DC United, you probably want to protect that at all costs, right. that triangle. Right. What do they do? They trade Christian Gomez. Why? Christian Gomez wanted to get a salary increase, and their difference in terms of what they wanted to pay – Christian Gomez wanted four hundred thousand dollars. DC United was willing to pay three hundred twenty-five thousand. For seventy-five thousand dollars, they break up the triangle, <laughs> the triangle that they built, and um, in, in and you know you only have, guess like I said, two years, right? right. Two years because you're gonna
1: lose Moreno soon.
0: You're gonna lose Moreno soon to to Father Time, who's um, undefeated, right? And so. So they they give up Christian Gomez now. To be fair, Christian Gomez did not have a good year uh, with Colorado, um, and and DC, but DC United is definitely way worse without Gomez right. running running um, the way he does. And Jaime Moreno has his tenth double double year, ten goals. Ten, s- wow. Oh, sorry, his fourth double double year. Okay. ten goals, ten assists, um, and he's only the second person at that time to do that after Preki. So pretty impressive, like, in terms of level of consistency. He's 34 at this time. 10 goals and assists. Doing it over and over and over again, despite losing about three years of of health in the prime of his career due to injury. With the herniated discs, right? Because he really didn't take care of himself as the way he should have, right? And so... um, they end up still winning U.S. Open Cup, and that's, that's the final trophy in, in Moreno's career. In 2009, he has nine goals and three assists. He reaches the 100-assist mark to reach 100-100, first time ever. Um, and he takes the all-time assist record for D.C. away from Marco Echeverry. Um And then um, United is, is bad that year. They missed the playoffs. Um, but just to show the, the range of his career... 2009 is Bill Hamid's first year as a homegrown.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, true.
0: Yeah. And he, the homegrown rule is a fact. He started in 1996 in the beginning of the season. Uh-huh. We've just banned the entire era from what we called MLS beta, where you're not sure if it's going to succeed or not, mm-hmm. all the way to the homegrown era. Right. 2010 is his last also, year.
1: Also Andy Nahar comes in when?
0: Next, next year. Andy uh, Nahar comes yeah, in yeah, okay. next year. 2010. Um, That's his last year. He only scores two goals. He doesn't play that much. He's um he's 36. It's Andy Nahar's first year, and Ben Olson, his old teammate, mm-hmm. is now the head coach. Of which he still is the head coach. at DC United. Right. It is insane how, how long, long his career. How yeah. long his career was, right? Yeah. When you put it like that, he's like in the beginning. We're talking about Marco Echeverry, and at the end, we're talking about Ben Olsen's head coach and career. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is incredible in terms of the length of his career. And so, um, at the end, I think the way to think about Jaime Moreno is that he had two careers. He had two careers with two different styles. First one where he was a natural talent. He had great athleticism. um, And the second one where, you know, he started taking some of the other stuff really seriously. But he definitely slowed down a bit. And his guile and his skill is what set him apart. With two different eras with DC United. Right. Marco Echeverry era, and then the Christian Gomez era. Um, and so he's a symbol of, like, the club, for sure. DC United, Definitely. when they do the 25th anniversary... Um, yeah, he was
1: the one sporting the kit.
0: 25th anniversary kit, he's the one... They chose him to to uh, to showcase the kit at the uh, fashion war, fashion show, I think, uh, rightfully so. He's a symbol of the club, and he's a symbol of staying power within the league, and he's he's banned across the the plethora of the eras, right? And so he's seen it all. Um, he's never won MVP, but he certainly should have won it once. Um, at that's least. crazy that he's never won it. Yeah, and he's helped three other teammates to win it, which I think says a lot about him as a player. And um, that's the story of Jaime Moreno and why he is our second entry to MLS Hall of Fame's first class. Um, questions?
1: No, no no arguments.
0: Um, I mean, I hope not. We made yeah. the list together. And, uh, and so after after retirement, he um, did a little bit of a stint as DC United's um, coach in the academy. I believe the U23s. I think he's still pretty local, nearby DC. And like I said, um, if you guys can, donate to the GoFundMe um, to help him out with some medical bills with his pretty serious accident that happened in the last few weeks. So, um, And that's the story of Jaime Moreno. Yeah. And... Uh... I
1: had a kind of similar to LD difficult time picking one. So Mitchell's favorite moment of memory. Yeah, um, it's hard, man. There's so many. There's so many <laughs> good plays from all these players, um, but the one that I am picking out is his hundredth goal. I originally, I I thought it was his hundredth goal in MLS. It's actually his hundredth goal. With D.C. Yeah. Um, so this is a little bit later in his career, I guess. So, like, subtracting the two goals or something? <laughs> yeah, whatever, how many Metro goals Stars? he scored for, scored for the Metro Stars. It, it's, it's whatever. Barely any. <laughs> two. Um, I think it's at – yeah, I think it's at Foxborough. I think it's against the Revolution. Um, there's, like, a nice turnover in the middle of the field. And uh, he gets the ball – takes a couple dribbles, and just rockets this one. Pat, Matt, Matt Reese. Dang, I'm just, I just realized that's the second time, like, Matt Reese is the victim in this. Oh, yeah, the first goal that you picked with LD Uh, is Matt Reese. No, no, I I just, I gave a shout-out to that. Oh, Because it was his goal of the year. Oh, right. But, but, man, Matt Reese. Yeah, he hits this ball probably from, like, 24, 25 yards out. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's one of those laser beam goals that's like it's it never really lifts off the ground that much. So it's probably like maybe five, six feet up in the air. Yeah. Ball never touches the ground. Yeah. Like one of those, like a laser beam. Ball never touches the ground from that far out. He could have taken it 10 yards further away from goal. Probably still would have been a goal. Like this this shot is like perfect technique. Like...
0: That's that's the thing you know, about Moreno,
1: right? It's technique. Yeah. is the word you would use with. Him. I think that's why I think that that's why I picked that one. It's just like, and like you said, it, it seemed like he was moving in slow motion. It seemed it seemed like he had all the time in the world, but like you look at it and he didn't.
0: That he make he made the game feel slow, and as a viewer, you get frustrated, especially if you're rooting for the other team by the defenders, right? Who are, seem like they're scrambling for some reason, but you can't understand it. Because, like,
1: he looks like he's moving in slow motion. But he's actually just taking perfect touches to set up whatever madness he's about to... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And, and this is a goal that I think, at that point, he's probably 34.
1: Yeah, he's he's older. Yeah. He's older. Another, and another thing to close this one out for my my little jokey bit that we do every episode, I'll just say it now since I just thought of it. He has another similarity to Donovan. What's so- that... He had blonde hair years. Oh, yeah. He, his first <laughs> few years were blonde hair yeah, years. There, yeah. was a, there was a blonde Moreno. It was not a good look. It, it was, was not a good look. Just like with Landon. Just, just with Landon. It's not, it's not a great look. Not a great look. It was popular back then. Um, anyway. Cool.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Sources. Um, I have a few articles. Um, one is United Nearing a Deal to Trade Moreno um, by Stephen Goff for the Washington Post, one of the OG writers from back in the day. Um, Moreno finds peace by Rachel Alexander for the Washington Post. Um, Chris Boehm does a great interview um, with Moreno, discusses like his successes and regrets um, after or towards the end of his career uh, for MLS soccer. And then there's an article um, from the UK way back in the day that talks about Moreno's return to Millsboro, which is pretty
1: fun. Great. And um, that's that's two down for the uh, twenty five list for Hall of Fame. How is the women's research going? It's coming along. I think. Are um, you nervous? I I would be hella nervous about why, that. Why Why would I be nervous? I don't know. It's just like it's it's foreign ground, right? It, 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 is it a requires little foreign new research.
0: Yeah, it's new research. Um, it's going well. I think. Um, it's interesting because in the first season, MLS, like I knew quite a bit of MLS. And so when an interesting story or tidbit came up, mm-hmm. I knew how to re-anchor it into the main line, the storyline. Ah. You know what I mean? Like I it. knew like the the errors roughly for MLS. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to invent that I mean not invent it but like discover that Like discover. I knew the, yeah you didn't
1: have to discover that yeah, yeah. I didn't have to because we have that. experience watching MLS for a long time
0: my experience with women's soccer I think is, is national team is national team first and foremost right and um, and just recently if I'm being honest is is, is um, NWSL right right and and that's why it's really interesting it's almost like if someone tried to do the first season that we did of a of a LAFC fan who never followed the league before LAFC, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they would do it. I don't think <laughs> they like, would do a podcast but like, like that.
1: So there's things but like, like I'm if somebody handed them that project, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, man, <laughs>
0: the, the research is like I follow. I might follow like a thread, yeah, and it might not lead to what I think is the main story." Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of that. That's, that's the reason why we're not alternating it, like, episode to episode. it might
1: take more time.
0: It's going to take more time yeah. for me. Um, but I think it, it's rewarding for me.
1: And for so me, I just get to sit here and listen. And you
0: do all the production stuff. <laughs> so good luck, good luck producing this
1: one. All right, guys. Uh, we will catch you next time. All right, peace. With a bit of dignity love, what
0: Always felt like I deserved more. But when I make it to the other side,
1: make it